0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Jim K. Ford Sends Nation podcast. It is Steve Warren along with the coach Greg Kennedy and we're checking in today, checking in to talk a little bit about the Alex DeBrinkit story. And uh, I guess it's going to be a DeBrinkit episode of Dissecting Dorian as it returns. Uh, As Dorian went on TSN 1200 today and dished all about the DeBrinkit deal and some other things happening with the organization. And one of the big things right out of the gate is that uh, it looks like everybody is going to be healthy for training camp this fall and that's a very very good thing indeed but uh, we'll fire it up with some Debrinkit talk and Steve Eiserman and Debrinkit himself talked after Debrinkit was dealt to the Red Wings on Sunday so we'll get into all of it today here on the Jim K. Ford Sends Nation podcast. Greg how are you in this early early July morning? Yeah we're doing an early
1: morning show Steve we've got our We've got our morning voices going, but uh, it, it, it's good in a way. We, we could have we could have recorded something uh, earlier than this, but then we would have missed the, the dissecting Dorian. And, and who doesn't want to hear the music?
0: Actually, before we get into dissecting Dorian, we should talk a little bit about the actual trade and our reactions to it. The deal finally went down, and it's Alex Debrinket going to the Detroit Red Wings. And in return, the Senators get forward Dominic Kubalik defense prospect Donovan Sobrango, a conditional first-round pick, which in all likelihood is either going to be next year's Detroit or Boston first-rounder, whichever of those two is worse, and then a fourth-rounder in 2024. What say you about this deal? I don't know
1: that he could have done much better. I think that's probably the – we need to approach this with the proper perspective here that really – uh, everybody was in a better position than Pierre Dorian was. What what you could expect uh, for a return was uh, diminished because, really, I think it, uh, Detroit was probably the only player when it came down to it in the end that was uh, that was still talking to Ottawa seriously, and also was probably was well we know was the number one choice of destination for DeBrinket. So it really fell to Pierre to either say yes or no, and kind of paint it into a corner. Uh, you could argue whether he uh, whether he painted himself into that corner or whether Debrinket did it or whatever, but the bottom line is he's painted into a corner. Um, Dominic Kubalik, let's let's be honest, is not going to replace uh, Alex Debrinket. Uh, I think it's a, it's obviously a downgrade in your top six. I don't know that Donovan Sabrango is going to be a player or not. Uh, Pierre seems to think that that's a possibility. I think the 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 key was to get a first round pick. How high it's going to be, we'll wait and see uh, the fourth round pick means nothing, probably. Maybe it's something that you could trade later. but I, I think in the end he probably did okay. <laughs> I, I, maybe it's a C grade, I think if I'm giving out a grade. What are, what are you what are your thoughts?
0: Well, I think in the circumstances, he he did yeah. very well. It's the uh, it's looking at things in the micro and in the macro. in the micro, I think he did as well as he could, about as good as it gets just based on circumstances circumstances that he helped author Pierre Dorian and, uh, and of course Alex de was a big part of this as well effectively turning this into a one team negotiation um, so I think this was about as good as it gets but if you're looking at things in the big picture the macro then you have to go back to the original doing of the deal and uh, if you're assessing it from that perspective the addition and deletion here, uh, you really probably shouldn't have gone down this road in hindsight. And uh, Dorian was, as we sort of move into the dissecting Dorian part of things, there'd be a lot of our analysis in here along with dissecting Dorian, but uh, Pierre Dorian appeared on TSN 1200 and talked about a number of different things. And uh, Lloydy, good pal of the show, put it to him. Did you have any inkling when the original deal actually went down that this day might be coming, that this guy might want to bail after two years and test the unrestricted free agency waters.
1: I can tell you we did okay. a lot of homework. This deal didn't come. I remember Kyle throwing that name at me at the trade deadline, and I'm saying,
0: okay, so why? why I, <laughs> You're like, why? Right? Okay, exactly. So started doing homework. Is he a bad kid? No. You know, uh, not that I want to talk about it. Is he, he was about to have a baby, um, good family man, loves hockey, Practice is hard. Everything pointed
1: in the right. Just love hockey. Um, You know, not, couldn't talk to him, couldn't talk to the agent, but just in trying to talk to former teammates, teammates, uh, what was more former teammates, everything seemed to panned out well.
0: And it went sideways from there, obviously. Pierre Dorian, credit where credit is due, uh, on TSN 1200 today. And um, I don't know. I mean, is there anything a GM can do? You can't talk to the guy before the deal according to Dorian, the Red Wings wouldn't let him talk to the actual player. He'd kind of like to know what his long-range plans are, uh, but uh, it sounds like he went ahead and did the deal without knowing for sure what DeBrinckit's game plan might be in two years. And and, and I guess in fairness, DeBrinckit probably wouldn't even have had a good answer for him at that stage without even having played a game in Ottawa yet.
1: Well, I think the problem there is you can do your due diligence, as Pierre alluded to, but that's really... You're just checking out the player. Uh, As a hockey player, is he going to fit in our room? Uh, What kind of guy is he? How is he on the ice? How is he off the ice? There's no way for you to, I mean, mean, unless you can get in, unless DeBrickett has had conversations about his long-term plans with friends or former teammates, it's going to be very difficult for you, without being able to speak to the player or speak to the agent, to have any idea if he wants to resign in two years. Like, you wouldn't be able to find out. The only way would be to ask him. And really you couldn't ask him that until you had his rights, until you owned the player, until he was part of your program. And I, I, I feel for him. I mean they they, they did do all the work and, and let's be honest, nobody thought it was a bad deal at the time. A first, a second, and a third, nobody thought that was a bad deal. Everybody thought this is wonderful. The sends are on their way. Like really You could read any article written within the last couple of days uh, from a Detroit perspective about acquiring to it, and all you'd have to do is sub in Ottawa, and you'd basically be reading the same articles you read last year. Everybody in Detroit is thrilled that they got them. They're on their way. This This triggers or this is a sign of we're moving to the next stage of our rebuild. All of those things were the exact same feelings that Ottawa had when they acquired this player a year ago. So there's no I, – I don't have a problem with that. I, they, they did whatever they could to try to make their team better. Everybody's saying, you know, he took a swing and a miss. Well, you know what? At least he took the swing. I, I commend him for that. They, they tried to get better uh, maybe a little quicker than people would have thought. But for most of us, it was the right time and the right move, and it was great, and we were happy with it. Well, okay, it didn't turn out. They may end up costing him his job, but you know what? I, I commend him for, for taking that swing.
0: Yeah, it's unfortunate, and it, and I think you don't really have to go very far because uh, when you check out our, you and I on YouTube, you know, this time last year we were pretty much I had a cat on my head, Ooh. if you recall, the animated cat on my head, and to celebrate the cat's arrival, we spoke glowingly of the deal. So we'd be insincere to come on and say they shouldn't have made the deal. But if you're looking at it from a complete hindsight, is 2020 scenario? Um, yeah, you'd like to go back and maybe do things differently, knowing than what you know now but you know what else i'd like to do i'd like to go back and buy all the winning lottery numbers from a year ago you just don't know um i had no problem with it at the time and uh yeah so meanwhile um there was the possibility that he could have held off and a lot of people said that on social media a lot of uh you know big media people uh, why not hang on until the trade deadline and then maybe there's some contender that says, uh, yeah, that's a guy that's going to put us over the top. And, uh, what do you think of that idea? I'll say this Dorian did address that. He said he was not comfortable carrying to into the season because of the risk of injury and also the optics of it. If they are in a playoff race, what does that say to the fan base when you basically say, well, we're giving up, we're giving to away. And, uh, Affecting our playoff chances, not putting our best foot forward, and that probably wouldn't have gone over very well with the fans. What do you think about uh, those comments and the idea of maybe having him around right up until the deadline? No, I I was never a fan of keeping him here up to the deadline.
1: I I believe that the package in return uh, gets less and less as far as players playing now. As you get to the deadline, you're making a deal with a team who's a contender, and they're not going to give up top six forwards when they're a contender. The The, the right. deal at the deadline would have been much more centered around futures and draft picks. So I agree with not not keeping them. Uh, also, of course, the injury factor and the, who's to say he's not going to have another off year? If to it goes out and has another twenty seven goal season and at the all or sorry at the trade deadline he's on pace for another twenty seven goal season, the price is dropping uh, with each passing day so i agree that the deal had to happen now when I pretty much was was saying it was going to happen definitely before the uh the arb hearing scheduled, which is now which never did get scheduled, but that that hearing was going to be late July or early august. the deal had to happen now and uh the deal you know again to go back to it you wanted a top 6 i would think the ask was a top 6 forward uh, a prospect a first rounder and something else and and okay you can argue whether kubalik kubalik is a top 6 forward or not but that's what he was looking for and that's apparently what he got so i don't know that he would have got that if he'd waited until march for the trade deadline
0: Looking for a vehicle that's environmentally friendly and fun? Look no further than the Ford Mustang Mach-E, available now at Jim K. Ford. This electric car will have you laughing all the way to the bank, with savings on gas and maintenance costs, without giving up excitement and performance. And with zero emissions, you can finally breathe easy, literally. So if you want a car that's as exhilarating as it is eco-friendly, come down to Jim K. Ford today and take a spin in one of our Mach-Es today. Visit us online at JimKFord.com. At Jim K. Ford Lincoln, we save us. I think I've changed a little here. Uh, Those who listen to the program regularly would know that I've been talking to a source close to the DeBrinket family, and they've been saying that DeBrinket is totally good with Ottawa, loves the team, really likes the coach and would be okay with the notion of staying here, but it would have to be something that really knocks his socks off for him to forego unrestricted free agency. And, And that put a, a really positive spin on things and i've kind of changed around a little bit to the point where i would take that off the table now i think i said in a recent episode i would go to the deadline potentially and look at a deal then um but just hearing alex debrink's comments now i feel like having heard debrink it's like yeah it's not like he hates ottawa it just seems like there's a bunch of other teams he would prefer to be with and yeah. with that being the case greg I don't want to drag that guy in the next season. I want guys who want to be here. This team is absolutely chalk filled with quality players, skilled players who all want to be here, and they're all pulling on the rope. I don't want them to have to drag a guy along like Alex Debrincat, who's only kind of just here because he has to be here. I don't want that. I think Pierre Dorian did the right thing to unload this guy right freaking now. This is what Alex Debrincat had to say. At his news conference on Monday,
1: we spent a year there, and we just didn't really, um, you know, have enough time to really, you know, think about signing long term there. And I think there were probably better fits out there for me. So, um, you know, that's kind of why we said we were gonna go um, not sign long term at that time. And um, you know, they they made the decision to to try to get something for me and and avoid me walking for free next year i guess so um you
0: know i think it was kind of you know once i said that i think the writing was on the wall and they were ready to move me the hell are you talking about we only had a year to think about this what what how do you not make up your mind as to whether you want to be you know if i'd stayed for two or three years you might have said yeah you know what that second and third year that made all the difference we're staying in the capital come on that was ridiculous.
1: Yeah and and the and the point that you can come up with a list of nine teams we learned that today from Pierre that it was actually a list of nine teams he was willing to go to where you haven't played a single game and yet you'd be okay with signing long term there so i i think that i think that both things can be true here i think it is possible that he did love ottawa that he did like the coaching staff that he did enjoy the teammates that he did enjoy his season but at the same time i i think it's true that he Didn't want to sign long term here, like that's simple. The 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 problem was that you and I were of the belief, as were many others, that the whole idea of not signing long term was he didn't want to sign long term anywhere. He wanted to wait till the summer of twenty four for that full free agency. But actually, it turns out that the truth is he just didn't want to sign long term in Ottawa, and well, and I guess twenty one or twenty three other teams because really only nine he was interested in. that's the one thing that was the glitch in all of our thoughts and discussions on this subject matter was we believed that wherever he was going, he wasn't going to sign long term. And as it turns out, he really didn't sign long term. Uh, it's 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 a bridge deal that eats up a couple couple seasons of his uh, of his unrestricted free agency, but it's still more than he was willing to do in Ottawa. You could believe that he was offered way more money and way more term to stay here. He just didn't want it.
0: Reportedly. He was looking at uh, that long term deal with Detroit. He was in there, uh, his agent Jeff Jackson, trying to pitch for that, but Steve Eiserman was having none of it. and apparently one of Eiserman's bars was, "You're not getting Dylan Larkin's money in term. He's our captain, he's our guy. You're not getting that." and uh, And so combined with what Eiserman had to give up to Ottawa to get the player, that's where Eiserman was comfortable. At a a salary figure like that, and uh, they agreed on four years because at that stage, you know, DeBrinket is that what is he going to be at that point? Twenty eight or something, twenty nine. Twenty nine. He'll be, yeah, he'll still be in a position where he could probably sign one more home run, uh, longer term deal. So, I think the at the end of the day, the home cook and one out. I think uh, DeBrinket probably is his agent is grinding a lot harder. If it's not his hometown, that part I do believe all along is that uh, the guy, you know, clearly wants to be close to home. He grew up in Farmington Hills, Michigan, which is about 30 minutes from the rink. His wife is from Michigan. His parents were doing cartwheels after the deal was announced and uh, called him right away. So he clearly is, uh, you know, a homebody, wants to be back home. And uh, and, he, and he paid a premium for that. He, he left some money and some term probably on the table. And uh, I'm glad the Sens are moving on without him at this stage.
1: Yeah, as we as we opened the show, Pierre was painted into a corner. A decision had to be made, a move had to be made, and it's been made. We can sit here and argue about it. I think the only time that, that, you, that you can look upon it negatively, uh, the, the haul, that is, that he got from Detroit, the only time you can look upon that negatively is if you're then going to consider what was originally given up to get the player. If you just look at the deal in a vacuum, it's not that bad. You know, yes, he's got 40 goal seasons in the past, but here he was just a 27 goal scorer. He might have had his highest career point total, but is not a play driver. Uh, didn't really carry any of the offense on his own shoulders by himself or lead a line by himself. So the, the, the ask, as we've reiterated a few times now, a first, a top six, a prospect. Yeah, you got all that for him. So in the, in the end. You got a year of Alex to bring it. You had some excitement. Yeah, you know, you almost made the playoffs, and it cost you a bit. But in the end, you you were you had to move them, and you did. And you got a pretty good haul considering all the other factors.
0: Yeah, and don't sleep on Donovan Sabrango. That's a name that's kind of a throwaway in this thing. In that, uh, that's a, a at least a person of interest, a prospect that you know, just last year was the assistant captain on Team Canada's world junior team. Just saying that alone is an interest for me. And he was born in Ottawa, raised in Kingston, split time last year in the East Coast League and the American Hockey League. And I think when people see East Coast League, they go immediately, oh, he's probably a low-end prospect. That is due in part to the fact of how deep Detroit's defensive prospects are. They've got Simon Edmondson, these are all guys that are not full-time NHLers yet, and they were all drafted in their drafts ahead of where Sobrango was drafted in the third round by the Wings. Simon Edmondson, first-rounder, William Volander, second-rounder, Antti Tuomisto, second-rounder, Albert Johansson, second-rounder. So these are not NHL players yet, and so Sobrango I don't think is an East Coast player. He was in the World Juniors just last year, and um, that might be a guy that – you don't sleep on. And that's a, a guy that probably Pierre Dorian knows really well. I think there's one thing we can, if you don't buy into his ability to pull off, you know, pro scout type trades, and that's the only kind of trade you pull off. <laughs> but if you don't buy into his ability to make great trades, certainly I think we can all agree that amateur scouting is one of his, Pierre Dorian and his uh, staff's strengths. And uh, they would know a few things about Sabrango to, uh, to bring him in. So there's a guy maybe fans shouldn't be sleeping on necessarily. Yeah, you're right. A
1: character player, obviously some leadership skills. Um, I I read where he was pretty much, uh, you're, yeah, exactly what you just said. He he's behind too many other prospects, and you're not going to have that many young guys in their first year playing on your American League team. You know, it, it was just a matter of it was a numbers game really that ended up uh, sending him down to the East Coast and 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 did well. So we'll we'll see if it's going to work out or not. Uh, if he's going to be a Prospect, he's probably a five six guy. Uh, in the end of it all, but if he's a serviceable National Hockey League defenseman, and you're five six pair, and he's better than what you've had in the last few years, then that's an upgrade, and that that's
0: okay. The fellas also asked Pierre Dorian about improving the top nine, because some people were saying, and it's in everybody in the back of everybody's mind. You know, you 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 didn't have to pay to brink at the money you were maybe planning to. You know, if everything gone well, it might have been interesting to see if the Sens could actually shoehorn in a long term big money deal for DeBrincat anyway. But uh, now there is some money sitting there. Think you you said five million? You looked it up, right? It's five million left. Five cap space. Yeah, yeah. So Dorian was asked by the fellas, you know, would he like to add to the top nine? Would you like to bring in another forward? And uh, he said, yeah, I'd like to. In a perfect world, I'd like to improve the team and he did admit that he's talked to Tarasenko's previous agent and now his current agent do you think there's a fit for a Tarasenko or some other UFA or maybe somebody you acquire via trade
1: yeah and he did mention that if it's uh i mean a trade's going to involve a roster player that that goes without saying now um yeah. the, the the curious thing was that uh early yesterday morning before or Sunday morning sorry before before the trade went down uh, DeBrinket was removed from the Senators roster page on the on the website. <laughs> there was no more DeBrinket listed, but there was also no more Branstrom listed. So I wonder mm-hmm. if Branstrom was possibly in a in a deal at that point. Uh, really, I, I, if you want to bring a player in, uh, Tarasenko or people are talking about Thomas Tatar. Although maybe you should look up his playoff stats in his career. He's not a playoff player. Um, mm-hmm. If you're going to bring somebody in, it's going to cost you somebody so whether that's a matthew joseph and i don't know that you can move that contract they may have overpaid a little there based on his one brief little tryout with them after they acquired him but it's it's a, it's a joseph it's a branstrom or it's one of the kids and one of the kids isn't helping you uh, gain any any uh salary cap space because they don't make very much but yeah, I, I can see a trade happening, but I think it's probably more likely it's going to be a free agent or maybe two, but I don't know how they fit it in. You've only got $5 million there, and you still got to sign Pinto, and you're still got to sign at least one or two bottom, fourth-line, third-line guys. So I, I don't know there's a lot of money there for it to be a free agent.
0: All right, we're talking Debrinkit. We're dissecting Dorian. A lot of things that start with D. We'll take a time out and get back to things coming up after these words. Introducing the future of driving with Ford electric vehicles, now available at Jim K. Ford. Say goodbye to gas stations and hello to efficiency with electric power that delivers a smooth and silent ride. With advanced technology and smart features, you'll experience a whole new level of convenience and connectivity. And with Ford's commitment to sustainability, you'll also be doing your part for the planet. So come on down to Jim K. Ford today, and test drive the future with Ford EVs or visit us online at jimkford.com. At Jim K. Ford Lincoln, we say yes! ADSS Global is your trusted partner for all your accounting and financial management needs. Our team of certified SAGE 300 experts will help you streamline your financial operations, optimize your cash flow, and improve your bottom line. We have the solutions. Hear what one of our satisfied customers has to say. The Algonquin Students Association has been with ADSS for over 10 years. Mark and his ADSS team are reliable and respond quickly to our requests and needs. Call ADSS Global today at 613-221-5950 or email mcashman at adssglobal.net. All right, welcome back to the show. Some signings coming up, as you knew they would eventually. RFAs tend to not go anywhere, unless you get Alex to bring it. Kevin Mandeleese is going to sign a new contract today as we speak here on Tuesday, July 11th. And that's a... Uh, a nice ad. He got some games last year, maybe only one or two, but uh, looked pretty solid. And uh, a former Quebec Major Junior Hockey League goalie of the year. We talk so much about uh, the guys at the top of the organizational chart, and we talk about Mad Sogard. Kevin Mandelize is a guy that uh, seems to have the body, the athleticism, the pedigree, where that's another you know, young guy that pre- probably fans shouldn't sleep on.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's, he's depth, obviously, for Belleville. Uh, whether he's ever going to pan out to be an NHL or not remains to be seen. But somebody's got to play down there with Matt Sogard. And uh, Kevin Mandelese uh, did did well in his brief time here in Ottawa. And it's uh, it's a depth piece to, to to hang on to down the road.
0: And with the injury luck this team tends to have, they had seven goalies start for them last year in the NHL. I think the number was, I don't know, eight to 10 down in Belleville with the injury luck they've had. Uh, uh, Mandelis is probably pretty, uh, pretty happy to be signing with this organization. Hopefully that ends though, the uh, bad injury luck. Jake Sanderson, on the other hand, Pierre Dorian said that talks have begun with him. He also has changed agents recently. And uh, Dorian spoke of kind of a an awkward exchange where he picks up the phone to call his agent and he goes, eh, Pierre, uh, Pierre, I'm not with Jake anymore. And so, oh, sorry about that. Uh, found it that way and so I then called the new agent and see what's going on and talks have begun and uh the sooner that's done Greg the sooner that's done the better because it feels to me like Jake Sanderson as good a season as he had as a rookie and he's what fourth I think in rookie voting um I mean with every 10 game window that passes for the coming season that guy is going to be making more and more and more money adding to his contract so I'm sure there's a guy that if you're ever gonna, you know, look in your crystal ball and say, "What's that guy gonna be for the next eight years?" That's a guy you want to lock up long term, ASAP. What do you think?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. And that, and that if, although because of the uh, cap situation, although we'd all like to see him locked up long term, I think it's probably going to be more of a bridge deal, uh, which which can be unfortunate. You're kind of shoving your your cap problems down the road a little bit, you know, to get out of the situation you're in now it leaves you with a bit of a bugaboo probably in three or four years uh, after a bridge deal is done, which is uh, not ideal, but because of the cap situation, that's probably the way it's going to be. It's, it's just, it's unfortunate, but you can't afford to uh, commit to them too much long-term because
0: it's going to screw things up later. That's, that's the only problem. If he's, if he's willing to do eight years, I'm going to go ahead and do that and then worry about things afterward because he's got another year left on his entry-level contract here for the coming year, um, I would go ahead and sign him to an eight-year contract and then figure things out, see how things look next year. If I get to trade somebody who's got a big long-term contract to make that work, I might I might go ahead and do that. I don't like the idea of going bridge and getting Jake Sanderson to UFA all the earlier. Um, if he's willing to do eight, I'm going to do it and then figure things out roster-wise afterward.
1: Yeah, okay, I guess. <laughs> that's you what I'm, gonna, get, that's what right. I'm doing at, anyway. Yeah, he's at, he's at 925 for this year. Um, I just, uh, I, yes, in a perfect world, sign him to do a long-term deal, and then eventually you're going to have to buy somebody out or trade somebody out at some point in in two or three years because you can't, you know, oh, depending on again, the cap's going to go up, so maybe you mm-hmm. can give him give him eight times seven, five or eight times eight or whatever it's going to end up being. Maybe you can't afford to do that down the road, but you really got to be careful. That's that's all I'm saying. you got to, you got to be careful you don't paint yourself into another corner three years from now.
0: Dorian said he had no update on the Hockey Canada scandal or Alex Formanson's future, says the NHL has directed teams quite strictly not to talk about it until the investigation is over. Frank Saravalli had a tweet saying something along the lines of teams are currently bracing for an announcement. So that might happen soon. Who knows soon in hockey Canada investigation lingo (laughs) could mean October because this thing has gone on for a very, very long time. You think the Debrinket thing went on for a long time or the ownership saga here in Ottawa went on for a long time. There's nothing on hockey Canada's investigation here, but you know, they obviously they need to get this right. People's lives are at stake. And uh, so, their professional lives are at stake and uh, I mean, somebody might go to jail in this thing for all we know, but uh, so you got to get it right. I get that, but it just seems like uh, surely you've talked to everybody and you're ready to lay charges or put the thing away. And uh, it would be very interesting, strictly from a hockey perspective. I'm not trying to lessen or demean the severity of the um, apparent accusations, but uh, from just strictly a hockey uh, perspective you know, if Alex Formington were completely cleared on this thing and uh, just sort of from a hockey, what just drop him into the lineup? I mean, what a what a great surprise asset that would end up being. Um, so we'll see how that all plays out. Moving on, though, moving on from that touchy subject. Um, again, the injury thing is looking very, very good. Josh Norris, the shoulder is not going to be a problem moving forward. That's a Dorian setup the doctors told him, so that's amazing news. And everybody across the board, whether you're talking Tyler Boucher, whether you're talking about Anton Forsberg, Thomas Shabbat, everybody is going to be ready for camp, apparently in 100% good shape. So that's a very good thing as well. And uh, lastly, and we'll address what Pierre Dorian said near the end of his TSN 1200 appearance today, he still can't say playoffs. He said he brought out the term "meaningful games" again. Greg, uh oh, no, um, he would Sad. not commit to being a playoff team. Let's play meaningful games until April, and then uh, he said he'll have a better idea. You know, after training camp, and he might have a a better prediction than that one. But I was, I got, I got to admit, I was disappointed to hear the term "meaningful games" again.
1: Yeah, let let's miss the playoffs with three games left in the season instead of twelve. Okay, fine. <laughs> just throw it out there, Pierre. Just even if you just said instead of using the term meaningful games, even if you just said we would like to be contending for a playoff spot right down to the end. Okay, that's yeah. even that sounds better because you didn't use that other words, those other two words. But uh I I it, it, if you look at it, did Detroit get better this offseason? Yeah, I, I think they did a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. they still, I, I, unless to it's going to rack up 50 or 60, they still have problems scoring goals there. Did you know the the last 40 goal score for the Detroit Red Wings? Do you know what it was?
0: Last 40 goal man for the Red Wings. Interesting. No, I don't know offhand. Yeah. Marion Hosa. Wow. Yeah,
1: it's been a long time since Detroit had a 40-goal score. So whether they have one now or not remains to be seen. But they probably got a little bit better. Buffalo uh, got better uh, simply from from uh, age and maturity, uh, a couple of moves here and there. But really, their their improvement is coming with, with age and, and uh, experience gained after last season. So if those are the two teams you're competing with, what's the difference there? And regardless of what you may think of Jonas Corposalo, uh, I think the Senators had the better goaltending. Detroit now has uh, Huso and Reimer, who were both in the the bottom 10 in the NHL and saves above expected. Uh, that's not it. looking too good in net there in Detroit. Buffalo, you could say, yeah, they, they've got some, some good goaltending, but neither of them are really proven, and you've got yeah. – uh, you've got the kid there Devin Levi and you've also got the the goalie of the future in Uka Pekka Lukanen. I believe that's how, uh, what his name is now that Craig Anderson's gone so I, I i don't know that like they're not proven so i really think that uh, that Ottawa has the better goaltending so is that enough for them to make the playoffs a year further along in their development uh, up front to the whole team you make one more move to add another player i think they will finish ahead of Detroit and Buffalo whether that's mm-hmm. enough to get them into the playoffs depending on what happens in you know teams like Pittsburgh, Boston, Washington if they're going to slip slightly uh then maybe you're looking at a at a playoff spot. I, I all this long answer to say I would have liked Pierre to have said the word playoffs even if it was just we intend to compete for a playoff spot down to the last day. That would have been nice cuz I think that's that's possible. So is a playoff spot.
0: Yeah and then it's you know you going to these interviews and you're not prepared for every question i get that and so there might have been a bit of like oh, how can i play this and maybe maybe if he's ready you know more prepared he says something else I'll, I'll i'll acquiesce to that but uh if i'm dorian i'm coming in saying we're going to be in the playoffs and you know why i'm going to come in strong like that because if we don't make the playoffs i'm not going to be here <laughs> next year anyways you know is yeah. anybody think that's a possibility? that They're going to miss the playoffs for a seventh straight year, and Pierre Dorian's going to survive that? Hey, we're not even sure if he's going to get to next season at this stage. The, you know, when I see Anthony LeBlanc resigning from the team with the whole "writing is on the wall" scenario, this is the uh, president of business operations. And that that tells you that Michael Andlauer is still, you know, looking at uh, other things. And so, I mean, I'm, there's nothing. There's nothing guaranteed for even this season. And certainly, if the Sens miss the playoffs for a seventh straight year, somebody else will be the GM of this team. So why not come in confidently and say, we're going to the playoffs instead of meaningful games until April. (laughs) Anyway, let's call it quits right there. I know you got to go. And uh, early morning version of the Jim K. Ford Sens Nation podcast. And uh, that matters not a bit to anybody who's actually listening right now because they're listening at all times of the day. Sorry, old radio habits die hard. Uh, Don't forget our website is SensNationHockey.com. You can also check out the hockey news page, THN.com slash Ottawa. I'm the site editor and reporter there, so lots of great Sens articles there to check out. So enjoy your day, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks, Greg. Thank you, Stephen. Have a good day. Have a good week. Thanks for being with us on the Jim K. Ford Sens Nation podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and review. Share this show with your friends and followers, or become a member on Patreon. Check out our website today at SensNationHockey.com.